And welcome to Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. I'm Stu. And I'm Grace. And we're your hosts, and we have guest hosts today. Yay! They're super thrilled to be here. You can There's so much joy on their faces. I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. Hello, I am Caitlin. I'm Hannah. Nice to meet you. Sup? So, you know, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So today we're going to be talking about sanctuary. Where we're going to start is what is sanctuary? The easiest definition would be a safe place, right? Yep. Yep. Somewhere that is safe. I I agree. I think for me, sanctuary is somewhere where I am comfortable enough to be myself as well. See, I just hear the word sanctuary and think of bird sanctuary. That's the first <laughs> thing that pops into my head. I don't think of a safe place to begin with because it's not something I guess I wouldn't use that term normally. Mm. But if it was something, it would be. This is where I'm going to be because I know I'm going to be safe by it. And like a bird sanctuary is a really interesting sort of place to start because a lot of effort goes into making bird sanctuaries safe for the birds, right? Yep. It's like fences to stop predators getting in and people looking after them and stuff. I don't know a whole lot about bird sanctuaries. I know nothing so. about No, neither do I. <laughs> that was just a bird that popped into my head. I guess conceptually, like, yeah. it's a place for a bird to not get eaten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's their safe place. Yeah. Sanctuary is, like what's been said, the idea of a space where you're safe. But I think it's the place that you go to escape the places where you're not safe. So specifically, like, the idea of a sanctuary in my head is this is a space where I can retreat to. Or this is a mm-hmm. space that I can go and be myself and be safe and potentially heal in that space, that's kind yeah. of the, the concept I have around sanctuary. You don't necessarily live in sanctuary. It's a space for a time maybe to retreat from and heal. At least in my head when I think about sanctuary, I don't think about it's where you are all the time or it's where you operate. Mm. I'm reminded of that story that was in the news a couple of years back about a church service that kept going for several months because there was a law in that country that the police couldn't interrupt a church service. Yeah. And they had refugees there that the police were trying to arrest to send them back to their country and they were trying to apply for political asylum. Yeah, so they kept wow. the church so service they, going. So they kept the church service going for months and people came in from all over the world to help keep the church service to make sure that it, it never came to a point where the police were like, this has paused and ended enough so we feel oh, like we amazing. can interrupt it. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah. Yeah. cool. It's pretty intense yeah. concept of sanctuary. Like, this is... People were going to be kicked out of a country. People were going to be sent back to somewhere they weren't safe. Mm. So creating an intentional space. It's like, hey, no, no, you're, you can rest. You know, mm. like you can just pause. Go through the processes that you're going through to let you be safe long term. But here in this space, because you'll be safe while you do it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So, I mean, for most people, it's probably not that intense. There's a reason that was on the news, and that's because it's not a normal thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's, yeah. I don't know if it's something that I'd have any experience with, you know, as in someone trying to kick me out of a country mm. to go somewhere specific so they don't. That's not a relatable experience. It's not really for a lots relatable people. experience, no. But I guess something that is relatable is that we've all probably felt unsafe mm. at times and felt the need for safety. 
I think sanctuary can also be like a person for you as well. Mm-hmm. So I know when I used to do youth work and, you know, I dropped the vans off at certain places at night after dropping kids off, completely dark. Neighbourhood I'm dropping the van off wasn't always safe. But having someone on the other end of the line just being there to make me feel like I'm okay and I'm safe That's cool. was actually huge for me because I didn't want to be there by myself. But just having someone literally on the phone just talking me through it, being like, oh, you're almost close to the car, cool. Felt safe as. I think that's huge, right? Like the the church service concept of sanctuary that was going on, um, that Grace was just talking about, that wasn't the building, that wasn't the activity, that was the people choosing to make it, you know, like this building and this activity, we're doing this to make people safe. Mm. And I think the idea of people being, people providing sanctuary is really key there are probably spaces that you inherently feel safe, right? But it's whether or not it's, like, is it people that make that place safe? Or is it, I don't know, walls? No, I agree. I think it's people. Like, for me, in spaces, like, I feel comfortable because of the people there. Because they're safe people, not because these four walls make it safe. Well, And I, I think it builds from that. You know, like, you then have spaces that are safe because of other memories or mm. people that were there. Are like there's a house near the church I grew up in that was, they ran a 24-7 prayer space out of it. And the space itself felt inherently safe, even when those things weren't running, because of, you know, this is this is who I hang out with here. These are the memories. This is the space that these people are, even if they're not there. So I guess it's, if your experiences in a space add up to that space feeling safe for you, then it doesn't necessarily need the people in it to feel safe. But the opposite of that can also be true. Like a space can feel safe until one person makes it not feel safe anymore. If it's a collective effort to make a space safe, then one bad experience can ruin that forever for somebody. For, For a lot of people struggling with like church trauma, they might have had hundreds, thousands of positive, wonderful, lovely interactions, but then just one really bad one. And suddenly they can't be in that space anymore. It's 100% true. You've been in your safe place and you've had someone that may have said one thing to you that's actually just taken you from being, oh, la, 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 whatever, you know, happy. And then you'll, like, overthink everything that you say, overthink, like, what do they think about me now? And then you just start to feel, like, I guess, hurt inside or quite emotional. So then you don't start to feel safe because you're like, I can't be myself around that person. I can't. Mm. You see it a lot at the schools, I guess, with bullying in that sense. Like, you're having a great time, school's okay, and then there's a couple people who make it awful, and, like, you just never, ever want to be there. And I see that all the time with young people. They just won't turn up to school because of certain people making it unsafe for them. So that just outlines, I guess, why it's so important that there are people conscious of the need for safe places and for sanctuary, right? In almost every space, there will be people looking for safe spaces and people who need them because they've been hurt. And we hope that they find it, right? Mm -hmm. We're all for safe spaces here. So a word we've used a lot is safe. Mm -hmm. And so we're intrinsically linking sanctuary and safety. I guess there's that question of like, what does it mean to be safe? Obviously, with the example of the church service and the refugee space, it was safe from political oppression, safe from like physical being evicted from a country. When we talk about safety, you talked about schools and bullying. There's a lot of different things that come into that in terms of safety. When you talk about being alone in a car park or dropping off a van, 
what are the things that we mean when we say safe? I think being comfortable to express yourself however you want to, whether that be like through clothing or hair or just like, and just showing your personality true to who you are without like having to hide it behind some filter to fit into the like societal standard, I guess. Yeah, just being able to be yourself equals some kind of safety, I guess. So is that uh, safety from kind of judgment or? Yeah, I would, I would say so. Especially as a young person, it's such a hard place to be in, like trying to fit in at school while also trying to be an individual at the same time can be really, really hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say like safety from judgment in that scenario. I think safety is also to do with like people in general, like being safe from other people. Like, I guess that that people make things unsafe or people make things safe. Safe from the scaries, whatever the scaries are, right? Is the scaries other people or is the scaries your own brain sometimes? Mm. Or is the scaries the environment around you and the places that you Mm. find yourself in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like with the van situation, like not the greatest neighbourhood that I probably should be in by myself. Mm. So I guess it was like... There was no lights, very dark street, yep. bad neighbourhood, by myself. Having to get out of the car, like, you know, and then walk to my car, which was down the street, parked up. It was all different types of safety for me, like, what am I actually worried about? Mm. Well, first of all, it's dark. I can't actually see where I'm going, so I need to use my light on my phone, but actually I want to be on the phone to somebody. Just, I guess, that is a safety thing for me. Yeah, I used to do the same thing walking back from work. Like to my car, it would be like not a super well lit street. And like I would always, it would be like phone call to mum, dad. Like I felt safe calling them. And like I was like, ah, you know, hey, I just want to have a chat, you know, instead of I'm walking down a dark street and I just need somebody on the phone. So And it's so funny because it could literally only be like one or two minute walk. Yeah. But it's that initial of fear of, What's out there? Am I safe yeah. for that one to two minute of my walk down yeah. the road? You know, th- those are all circumstances, and that's physical safety, and that's a whole heap of other scenarios going on there. But recognizing that safety is different for every single person, I think, is huge. And when we come back to like a church space, you know, recognizing that what's been safe for people for years doesn't mean it's safe for everyone who comes into that space. That's a really big tension that we hold when we talk about safety in communal spaces. So it, it and means it can something different quickly as well. Yeah. Well, like, like I said earlier, it can just be one comment mm. and suddenly that's not a safe space for that person anymore. Yep. So what do we do then? I guess going back to the scenario of walking down the street at night in a dark place is just answering, pick, somebody picking up a phone makes a lot of people just feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like it just it just is what it is. And knowing that there's somebody, that they're there for you. It's the it, whole concept of community, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, it is, it's not necessarily inherently safer with other people, but at the same time, this <laughs> safety in numbers. It means that you're not alone. Mm. Like there's something inherently unsafe about being alone. And people don't even have to be with you to help get rid of that feeling. It's the just knowing knowing that they're there, knowing that they're on the other phone, that 
sometimes even just knowing that they would pick up the phone yeah. if you called, like having the phone there ready to call them mm. can help feel safe, even if you don't ever press the button. And it's so funny because I think I've only got like a handful of people that I would 100% feel fully safe around. Not that I don't feel safe around other people, but I think I'd just, I'd trust my life with them. Yeah. And I think in conversations, there's always someone there. I think there's always someone that you can go to no matter what, potentially, hopefully. And I think there's the flip to that of recognizing, I guess, the privilege we have of being safe in other places, right? So Mm. like, there is a inherent amount of of privilege that different people hold. Mm. Where it's like, actually, I'm safe here. I am a white, straight, middle class male in a society that's kind of set up for me to always be safe. Like, and so there's the recognition of like, actually, what I don't understand why someone wouldn't be safe here, and then stepping back from that and going, okay, but they are sitting in a room and someone who might have anxiety or whatever else is going on for them and a switch has flipped Mm. that is triggering or something that goes, Hey, I'm not safe here. Recognizing that that might not affect me ever. Mm. And so the, the awareness of then going, okay, that doesn't mean this place is safe. That makes this place is safe for me. And I think that's the huge gap. in if we come back to church communities, yeah, I think that's the big blind spot that we've had. Well, and it's it's a hard thing to navigate when, you know, for thousands of years, churches have been that safe place for a specific group of people, while at the same time, the Bible and our theology tells us that it should be a safe space for everybody. Mm. And that actually it's kind of our job as Christians to make sure everybody has an opportunity to be safe. Mm. So that gives us a pause to look back on the history of the church and go, hey, actually, we've got a long history of ignoring the fact that our spaces weren't safe for some. Mm. Well, I think denying it because the privileged person in the space is safe. Mm. It's really easy for me to mentally discount the idea Mm. that it's unsafe to walk alone down a street. Like, I know the stats, like I, I've heard stories, all of these things, but it's still like a conscious decision to be like, okay, I have to recognize that that's an issue because if I go default to my experience, you know, it's like, well, I don't feel unsafe when I'm by myself walking to my car. Like there's no part of me that goes, hmm, maybe I should hold my keys in my hand. You know, like that's something that no matter how many times I hear the story, there's the part of my brain that would be easy for me to go like, but this is my experience. And so that stepping out of it all the time to go, cool, there's other experiences and that has to be a, almost a choice to remember sometimes. And that that's, I think, what it comes to in our church spaces is the making a choice to step outside of your own experience to go like, okay, well, what does this actually mean? Not what do I think it means for someone else, but what does it actually mean for them? And is the space safe across the board rather than in the specific scenario where I live? And it, it gives us reason to think about all of the ways that it might be unsafe in order to address them and move forward and make sure that this space actually is safe. How do we intentionally create a safe space? I think if you can be like a reliable, trustworthy person, I know that's just everybody says that kind of stuff, but sometimes it actually means a whole lot more to a person. 
Because if they're not in a safe space, why don't why can't you just be a safe person for them at the same mm. time? Like, know that whatever they tell you, it's not going to go any further. That they can rely on you, and they can, you know, you're kind and you're caring. And when if they need you, like you're there for them. Sometimes it might be like seeing the discomfort in someone else mm. and being willing to talk about it. If you have a friend and you're sitting beside them in the middle of a group conversation and you see them start getting antsy, do they need you to ask them what's up? Do Mm. they need you to be there for them in that and say, I I see that something's happening. Let's talk it over. Being the person that's willing to do that for others to, to help them feel safe. So the two of you, you work in community support. Right. Um, either for youth or people older than youth, classes. When you're interacting with people, what do you do to make those interactions safe? I think when I see clients that come through the door, you know, we've got music on in the other room to make sure that whatever conversation we're having isn't overheard by the other clients. But also, like, I think I don't just start off being like, what's wrong? Yep. Well, I would never say it like that because that sounds terrible. But, you know, just start off with a friendly conversation and ask them if they want a tea or coffee or water. Like, just, I think it's the little things just to make them feel safe or make them feel comfortable enough that they're like, actually, I'm okay to be able to speak about what I actually need to speak about, why I'm here, why I need the support that I've come for. It's just, yeah, little things like that being like, you know what, sometimes I'm like, if, even if you don't want to talk too much, like, it's okay. I'm still going to be able to help you with some food. You know, no matter what, I'm going to be able to help you out with it. And I think that's kind of a bit of a relief for them. Being like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess for me it's having games, actually, or having something to do for a lot of young people is really important. It makes them feel like they're doing something while they, I guess, they're talking. Like there's something else happening and they don't realise exactly that they're talking about issues and then afterwards they're like, wow, that was actually really helpful and I'm really glad that we had that conversation. So I guess just noticing the little things that different people need in general, but specifically young people, it's knowing what they need and when they need it. And I guess like what Hannah said before about being supportive and kind and respectful, especially active listening, I think that's a huge one for people, especially when they are like coming in for help or wanting to have a conversation about something that's going on for them. It's actively listening to that person so they know that you are, yeah. I guess, a safe space for them. And that it, like you said, Hannah, before, it's not going to go any further. I think know? sometimes they don't even want a solution from it either. Yep. They just need that active listening to let out what their worries are. But maybe it's just more comfortable to talk to a stranger sometimes mm-hmm. because they don't know you for a bar of soap. So just... They don't want a solution or anything. They just actually are more than happy just to be able to talk once they are like, you can kind of see it in their faces. Like they'll sit down, they'll have the coffee in their hand or the water or whatever. And they're like, ah. and they'll just start with a little conversation. You just ask a tiny wee thing. And then the whole life story comes out very quickly. Sometimes having a space where you can go and put something like that, that idea of talking to a stranger, mm. of saying there's somebody that I can go and talk to and I can give them all of this and just let it out and then I can continue on with my day mm. and it doesn't need to make any of my other spaces more unsafe. Mm. You know, I'm not giving my vulnerabilities to people who might use them to hurt me mm. because you don't know me from a bar of soap and you can't do that. You don't have the power. So 
I'm going to come over here and pour out my burdens. And actually, that's what I needed. It's like a breath of fresh air, really, isn't it? Yeah. Or it's like having this little knot of burdens or worries or scaries that you are holding on to and then being able to just go and give them to somebody and continue on with your day without them anymore. I heard a thing on the radio the other day. Radio hosts talk like, I heard this thing from this person or from this person. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, now I'm doing the same thing. Where they talked about the idea of, do you need me to hear you, help you or hug you? And I just like, because it's alliteration, it's fun to remember. But it also, I think that's a really important space to bring into the concept of being either a safe person or creating a safe space is recognizing which one of those a person needs. Mm. And I think the best way to recognize that is just ask them, yeah. <laughs> right, rather than assuming. But there's some spaces that is like, cool, the reason I've told you this isn't just for you to be like, mm, yeah, that's hard. You know, it's like, no, 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 I'm asking for your help. Mm. You know, like, and so safety in that space isn't someone just acknowledging it. It's like, I've come to you because I need, I need some support that's not just listening versus like going somewhere and you're like, I just need to vent to someone. I need someone to care. I need someone who'll listen. And then if they respond being like, oh, well, this is what we can do. You're like, it's not always that cool. This was, I hoped for safety out of this interaction and Mm. I got something else. As always, there's no real answers. There's lots of questions when we talk about things in our podcast. There's some answers in this one, you know, like Mm. what does it mean to be safe? And maybe some how to create safety and sanctuary. But for the most part, I think the the place where we landed is it can look different for everyone. And so sanctuary will look different everywhere. Like my sanctuary will look different than someone else's. And that's important. And that's frustrating sometimes because it it means there's a lot of work that goes into creating sanctuary. But it's it's hugely important part of, of who we are as Christians and who we are in a community. So thank you for your thoughts. And until next time. Take a deep breath. Know that you are loved. Drink some more water. And have a wonderful day. Bye. You need to sing it, Stu. We're all watching you. Here we go. You've got a microphone. Yeah, that's you know what? No. Cast your burdens. On Jesus. <laughs> for he cares. For you. There's the donut man, man. Higher, higher. Higher, 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 I only know it from Stu singing it, so <laughs> you know I'm really glad that someone man? else. I don't know what the donut man is. We really need to have a team.